0: Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter two, and we'll finish up with verse six and go into our next little bit. Well, kind of started a little bit about verse six, about uh, but we'll, let's read it here. Nor men of glory sought, or men, uh, nor of men sought we glory. Neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you again. Thank you that we can gather together. Father, we thank you that you are taking care of uh, all things around us. We do thank you for the weather that's come in and knocked our smoke down and given the firefighters a little bit of uh, an advantage with, with the type of weather. Father, we do pray for safety for them. We do pray for those that have lost homes, lost businesses, those that have been displaced that are still uh, having not to be able to go home. Father, I do thank you that uh, there are reasons why many things like this happen. And, Father, we know that you are in control. You guide us and direct us. You give us wisdom as you know that we need to, to have it. Father, I thank you for your words. Thank you for these lessons that we can apply to our lives, that we can be uh, useful to you as servants and tools to further the gospel throughout the world while we're on this earth. And we ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, so far, we're still kind of working with their motives, and we, we kind of talked about uh, the beginning where the missionaries were not seeking any praise or any glory for themselves. They just wanted to uh, to glorify God. And they wanted to do what they were supposed to do. Uh, they weren't uh, looking for accolades, even though I know they're going to get some. Uh, it, it, it's kind of like when uh, a sermon or a lesson is taught and it really speaks to you, you want to thank the person for doing that. And, uh, you know, the first person we th- should thank is the Lord for, for providing that and providing uh, the uh, working on our heart and how to apply it. But, you know, Paul didn't need those fancy words. He, he uh, kind of saw uh, the need to make sure that the gospel went forth and that he was uh, essentially exhibiting the same love toward them that God does toward us when we get saved he, he wants to give us as much as much love as possible and then when we, when we need a little correcting he gives us that correcting and, but the apostle Paul w- was applying that you know and so he knew that men's accolades weren't going to make him any more secure than what he already was I know it's nice once in a while to get a, a thank you for the word, and, and, and I'm sure he did, but he, he wanted to minister to them in a way that would glorify Christ and not himself. And so, you know, he, he was dependent on Christ. And we saw him when we were studying in, in the book of Acts, where every, every challenge that he came up against, he just gave praises to the Lord. I mean, we think when he was in uh, Philippi, how how he got beat there. And here in in Thessalonica, you know, they were railing against him. They actually went out and found a group of people that loved to create problems for others, hired them to come in and and, and start a riot, so to speak. And so he was realizing that I must be doing what God wants me to do if it's upsetting people, not that that's the pastor's goal at least I don't think (laughs) pastor is that your goal (laughs) although I'm sure that some men might get that in their mind I want to see what I can do to these people see how much how much they can take before I break them Uh, I I don't think a preacher ever really comes forth with that although sometimes it feels like why why are we getting this well sometimes it's what's been laid on their heart and you know it's It's like when an evangelist comes to town, you know, he comes in and kind of whips people into shape or maybe say something that, that, wow, our pastor would never do that, and then smile and say, well, that's what the Lord's laid on my heart, and then he leaves, hoping that, you know, praying that, well, let the Lord utilize that in their lives, sometimes we do need that, and the apostle Paul sometimes in his letters had to be pretty stern, but here, You know, uh, with the Thessalonians, he was knowing that there was not going to need to be a demand on on the people, and he assured them that he was not wanting to be a burden. It's like we mentioned, you know, when missionaries come through here or any uh, or evangelists come through, they come here not looking for a specific set amount, although there are some that well, the only only way I'll come to your church is if you have this ready, you pay my ticket, you have have a room at this hotel or motel, and I want this amount for speaking. And, well, maybe they know that that's what they need for their lifestyle, but it makes me wonder, are they really trusting the Lord? Because I know our missionaries, they come here not expecting to get a love offering. Yet this church loves missions and evangelists that we take care of them when they come through. And I'm thankful for it. That's what was happening with the Thessalonians. They, he, he didn't turn down a gift when it came through, but he also said, I don't want to be a burden. I have a skill that will take care of my needs. So if, if you feel like a gift, I'm not going to turn it down. But, you know, he was, he was making sure. He wanted to make sure that it was them who was important to Paul and not Paul being important to them. Although when a good preacher comes through, they are important because we see that they're teaching that word and they were being encouraged by it. You know, they weren't, They weren't. he wasn't seeking any special treatment or anything like that. He just wanted to make sure that they got the word that God laid on his heart and what they needed in their lives to go forward because these folk, they're, they're just a young church. They're not like, you know, 20 or 30 years into that we're only talking a few years and, and as he was bringing them through the, these people stood up to a lot of what was going on around them they were being challenged for what, what they had learned the, you know, the Jews that said wait a minute he's teaching about the Messiah he's teaching what, what I need and it's salvation it's not the law and the other Judaizers were like oh you can't be doing that you, we won't have none of that kind of stuff but yet they wanted to make sure that what they were learning was going to make them able to share the gospel. And, and again, Paul wasn't trying to be the center of attraction, although because of what he was preaching, made him the center of, of, of attraction. So their, their, uh, their motives were honest motives. They weren't there to, to make a big name for himself. Although we know that most of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. So after his going home to glory, yeah, he, he gets the accolades for what he's teaching. But people are using it as this is how we need to live our uh, live our lives. And how a church is established and how it's presented. And with that, there, there was their manner in which they presented it. In verse 7 and 8, it says, but we... Uh, were gentle among you even as a nurse cherisheth her children so being affectionately desirous of you we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only but our own souls because we were dear because ye were dear unto us so he's basically saying listen I love you folks I love you like a mother loves her children. A nurse loves, her, loves the, the, those that are underneath her. Uh, one person even talked about how a mother bird caring for newborn young and, and you know sitting on an egg until it's hatching. And then cares for them until they're ready to leave the nest. That's what he was speaking from. And uh, I, was, I found uh, Dr. Einstein. He says, uh, there might be a difference in the way a nurse would treat someone else's children and the way she would treat her own children. You know, Paul looked on the Thessalonian believers, and it says these young ch- uh, Christians, who had so recently come to know Christ as his own children in the faith, and, and he pointed that out. He called Timothy a son in the faith, and and others. So, knowing that he was groomed by Christ, knowing that okay, I need to carry this gospel out. Those that study under me, I want them to to know what. Love was taught to me by, by Christ and because he knew how he was beforehand and how they were to, to go forward so you know he, he put himself in such a way that he was building them up not you know, not to you know maybe you know coddle them to, and bringing them through uh, doing everything for them no he was nurturing them so to speak you know, uh, it. you can have to kind of chuckle. I don't know if any of you have ever, ever watched a, <clears throat> a, a video of, of how an eagle lets a little one out of its nest, but I've been told that they actually take the nest apart. So that the little one who's used to mom and dad bringing them the food, I'm gonna hang around here a while, like a lot of them today, hanging <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that they actually dismantle the nest enough that they fall out. But in doing so, they they say that the, the mother actually pushes the little eagle out and while they're falling, trying to figure out how their wings go, actually swoops down underneath them until they actually start getting the use to it. So when they fall, she actually protects them from that rather than watching them bounce on the rocks because, you know, a, a lot of birds are, are are rock dwellers others are you know in high trees and stuff when they fall when they hit the ground it's not going to be good for them so they make sure that they get the strength they need until they can take off on their own that's what the apostle Paul was doing here he was nurturing uh people in such a way that they would be able to uh, grow on their own and it, and it's amazing when we read scriptures we don't Maybe don't understand the time frame a lot of these churches were just years old, and yet here they are they're teaching things that are far beyond what some of us who've been around for a long time and 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 been under teaching go, "Wow, they learned that in that short amount of time." Well, it was intense that was kind of a a sink or swim kind of a a situation for them, so that what they were uh he was gentle. In teaching, but he was also stern when they needed to, to, to learn. Other churches, we saw that. Uh, uh, Corinthians was a good example where he said, You've got sin amongst you. You've got to take care of this situation and pointed things out. But others, he, he showed that this is the love that we have. You're doing what needs to be done. And you, you think of the, the churches that actually supported him. Not a lot of them did. Most of the churches did support him, were poor churches and he showed th- that that love that was there for them and was was determined that that he was going to show his appreciation but he also wasn't going to get in there and, and and try to beat them up get some of my extra notes out of the way here <laughs> the when when the apostle paul was was actually presenting uh, the, the the amount uh, the the way in which it was you know Later on, he talks about, uh, uh, in verse 11, as a, a father, uh, he comforts him and charged him, every one of you as a father doth his children. And, and we think that when, when he's presenting um, himself in that manner, we can look around and see how do we raise our children. Oftentimes, we wanted to do for them. Now the apostle Paul wanted to do, but he also wanted them to learn. He taught them a lot. You know, uh, he said, you know that that now that you've accepted Christ, you've been converted. You could, you need to be concern yourself in such a way of how are you going to grow? What are you going to to do? How are you going to uh, further the gospel? Because well, what was happening in Thessalonica? Well, they chased him. They you know they wanted to to. Uh, uh, take Jason, and they actually brought him before the magistrates. Paul had been left out of town. So if he's doing that with one person and challenging them, that the others who were there were probably going to be challenged as well. You know and it's thankful uh, in in today that for the most part, we're not being challenged, although you look at some of the churches, some of the larger churches that are that are holding services right now in defiance of what the governor says and some of the fines that they're facing and some of the potential time in jail. Uh, They're willing to do that because they know the gospel is that important. And I would like to think that each one of us here would be willing to do what God has called us to do to stand in the way to make sure the gospel goes forward. You know, Are we willing to go to jail for what we believe? The Apostle Paul, he was thrown in jail. Of course, he pointed out that you know, he was a Roman citizen and kind of embarrassed the magistrates a little bit. But yet, we as American citizens, that's what many of these churches are doing today. Hey, listen, I'm a citizen. I have these rights. We can do this. Don't tell us that we can't. And, and, that, and that's so important because the challenge is that we may be called to be challenged in that way. And so the Apostle Paul looked on... The Thessalonians, you know, as a, as a nurse would care for or a governess would would care for those that are underneath her, or a mother or a father or a parent would take care of them. So, you know, a question comes up is, what do you learn from Paul's care of the Thessalonians from the comparison he used? What would we, what would we think, uh, what would we, what would we learn from that? How do we apply it to our lives? Pastor? Right, you don't. But different than the way the world leads and directs things. Exactly. The way the world, you know, the world, you know, everything that a Christian is doing today, teaching from Scripture, is, as far as the world's concerned, wrong in their eyes. Because they want control. They don't want somebody telling them how to live their lives. And it's so sad, that's what we're seeing around about us now. in in so many ways, you know, with all these riots and protests and stuff. They don't want to be told that, no, you can't do that, or you shouldn't do it that way. You should be doing it in in such a way that doesn't hurt somebody else. They go, no, I don't care. I'm going to do it this way, and you're not going to tell me that I can't. And that's so sad that there are people that have that. I mean, there's always been people around that will say, no, you're not going to tell me how to live my life. But when they come in and, and they accept Christ, all of a sudden, internally, we, uh, our soul changes. Our, our, the way in which we react is different. You know, We uh, oftentimes see ourselves as maybe our demeanor before we got saved. Maybe we were gruff. Maybe we were abrupt and blunt in, in the way we did things. You can look at the Apostle Paul, how he was before he got saved. You know, he was out throwing people in prison and killing them. And anything against that, and then afterward, he needed to be stern sometimes, but parents need that. Uh, When somebody's a mentor, sometimes we need that little extra um, push to, to tell us, no, you can't do it that way, you need to be doing it this way. You know, or reminding us now. Is that how Christ would do it? And, and leaving somebody to think about that. And so and, and we realized that the Apostle Paul, as he was presenting this and teaching this, um, it, it was such a way that they were being nourished. They weren't just being, you know, you know, it's like telling Isaiah, he has to go out and get a job and support the family. <laughs> You know, he's coming along. At a point, he's going to say, "Yeah, I'm going to go get me a job." But you know, at the age that he is right now, no, he's just learning to sing. You know, (laughs) that you know, it was kind of neat sitting back behind and listening to him, watching. He he slows down right when I think he follows Brother Charlie pretty well up there. You know, but you think of the Apostle Paul with with young converts bringing them along. And them looking and saying, well, my past life was this. Now I need to be doing things a little bit different from that. And each, each church that he's established, it's that way. So we see that, you know, his gentleness with it. Um, one of the areas, I, I don't know if it was in, in the student book or not, but it talked about uh, in uh, Mark 10... Now, let's turn there real quick and, and, and use kind of a comparison um, and I actually as I was looking back through it uh, went all the way back to to uh, I think verse uh, 35 when it when it presented this but it's talking about how James and John their desire to you know want to be that you know uh, James and uh, 35 says James and John the sons of Zebedee came unto him saying master we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire and he said to them what would ye that I should do for you they said unto him grant unto us that we may sit one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand in in thy glory but Jesus said unto them ye know not what ye ask can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with and then uh, the, you get further down there and he tells them that, you know, it's not my choice where you sit. I'm, I can't put you on the right hand or the left hand. And he, he kind of presented to the rest of the disciples and they were displeased with him. And this is, you know, Jesus, uh, verse 42, Jesus called, unto them, uh, called them unto him and said unto them, Ye know they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, but their great ones exercise authority upon them. So shall it be. Uh, sh- so shall it not be among you. Whosoever will be great among you shall be uh, among you shall be your minister, and whosoever you will be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And so the question is, is how does Jesus' exhortation to the disciples relate to the attitude of Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the Thessalonians? Any thought? The Apostle Paul. Yeah, Lisa? Lisa? Exactly. I mean, you know, the world says that we're to to grab the brass ring at every opportunity and go up the ladder and build ourselves up and get as much as we can. But what's Jesus say? we're We're to be, we're servants when it comes down to it. Oftentimes, we will give up that fame to do that. Now, some ministers of the gospel do become famous because of how they move amongst people. But if you were to sit down with them and talk with them, they would straight up say, no, it's not me. It's I'm doing what the Lord has called me to do. Sometimes he does call us into those positions. You think of men like Billy Graham or, or ones like that. And, you know, and if you listen very carefully to some of these th- these people, there's a very clear call for them to come to know Christ as their savior you know some of them might embellish a little bit but you take a look at those that are the servants when they present the gospel they're leading by example that's what the apostle Paul was doing here Um, so you know they were such that that they did more than preach to the people as they were going through there, you know, they were teaching. We think of the missionaries when they go out into the field. You know, they, the, the missionaries have to learn their language, their culture, and understand how they can work amongst them without completely, you know, ruining their lives or, or, or creating havoc. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul was led in there to, to present the gospel. It was, the, and, he, and he knew the Roman culture, but I think of missionaries that go, you know, go into uh, a part of the world that's completely opposite of, of what they're what they grew up with. You know, going, uh, I, I think of a lot of the early missionaries went in into uh, some of the islands in the Pacific, where people were, you know, cannibals. Uh, they weren't not clothed. Uh, you know, the life that they lived, they, they were pagan in in how they were doing things. The missionaries learned how to work with them in such a way that would bring them around, show them the gospel, and many of them got saved. You know, so uh, when we think of this, you know, how does a person share him or herself with someone else? You know, how does a, you know, missionary coming into something new tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ when it's completely different from their culture? Oftentimes they come in and they just kind of befriend them. You know, you you read about uh, James Elliot when he went down and them being killed and then later on his wife went down to meet with them and their teaching converted some of these people over and their lives changed and they were sorry for what they did they knew what they did was wrong but yet these men gave their lives for that you know, I think of other missionaries that, that go on the field that give their life in such a way, you know. So they spend time to learn what the people have, and then say, without changing the gospel, how can I present the gospel to them so that they'll understand? Um, was it uh, uh, Brother Herzl was talking about how uh, in in Vanuatu, uh, it's pigeon uh, uh, language down there, and a lot of it is very visual in how they do things. Uh, I think he was describing. Uh, about a piano and in their mind there's a man inside there that's making that noise come out and that's the very descriptive language well how do you take the gospel and do that you know, I think with Lisa teaching the deaf in ASL concepts out of the Bible they have to stop and think about how do we do this, and the apostle Paul you know oftentimes is spending time listening to them And it's spending time being very genuine. Not, you know, uh, well, I think of some uh, groups that go in and they tell them you're either going to learn this or we're going to kill you, period. And there's groups that did that when they went in. There was massacres. You didn't believe us? Boom, we're going to kill you. We have better guns than you. We have better weapons. And you're going to learn it this way or else. That's not what the Apostle Paul did. He went in, and presented the gospel, if they accepted, great. If they didn't, well, he's like, okay, what are they going to do now? And we s- hear some of those results. When we present the gospel, that's what we're doing. We're not out there beating somebody with our Bible. There's sometimes that we want to do that, but that, that's not what we do. We want, but we want to be very gener- uh, genuine when we present it because the world can see through that. And that's so important Uh, you know it's important for us to, to share that ministry and to do it properly and thinking in that same line you know if we're being genuine with people as we're presenting the gospel and they're seeing us every day what do we do when we make a mistake if we slip get a little angry with something how do we handle that with somebody that maybe is not saved but has been listening to what we're saying it's very important and the apostle Paul had to be very careful as he was presenting things as, as their, uh, their whole life they, they, they want others they want to be able to have others see Christ and not us in, in our actions but they want it to be general uh, genuine, I mean, and, and presented in such a way that it's not, well, you know, they don't live what they talk. They live this way. I know missionaries that that completely give up the their attitude, um, which was a missionary that went to China, and he, he dressed as them, shaved his head, and had the same uh, garb. Uh, Judson, Admiral Judson, or was it Hudson Taylor? Hudson yeah. Taylor that, that he, he said, I want to understand their culture so that I can present them from a genuine heart. I think of the Apostle Paul when he, he wanted Timothy to be able to be genuine to the Jews, he was circumcised. You know, to not, not such that he lives the pagan lifestyle, but he understands their culture and showed them, no, I'm not going to force you to change how you're living but I'm presenting Christ who's, who takes you where you are. And that's the wonderful thing about, about accepting Christ. We don't have to get cleaned up. Some people think we have to be cleaned up before we get saved, but that's not, that's not what's there. That's not what we're supposed to be about. We are, he takes us where we are. And he brings us along as we can handle that. Some people may never leave being a baby in Christ. You know, I think of those that might not have the mental capacity. Think of of, of people that maybe have a brain injury or that were born with a a disability such that they can't learn fast enough. But then again, I've seen some that have been disabled and they just amaze me at what they can do with the gospel. How they can present it. I I mentioned it before. We met a young guy down in Stockton, California. He was he, he couldn't speak he was I think he was down syndrome but he stood on the street corner with his bible open and kept pointing to John 316 and somebody that was with him would, would then if that person was interested they would talk with him but that young man would point to John 316 he knew what, what saved him he knew he was saved you know. and I'm so thankful that God does take us where we're at and brings us along as we can. That's what the Apostle Paul did with them. And we think that in, as you look at uh, you know, verses um, so, uh, 8 says, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only but our own souls because ye were dear to us. They gave of themselves that the people knew that it was just not a put on, but they were genuine in, in how they presented the gospel. You know, I'm thankful for, for, the, for the missionaries that go out there and, and are genuine with the people. Uh, I, you know, I think of uh, the Kleins with the Mupichi people. And he presented how they have a Bible study in their house with the Mupichis. And he, he sat down and showed us specifically what it was it was a very social type of thing it was very interacting you know sharing the tea around the room understanding this is what these people are how can I present the gospel so that, so that it will mean something to them knowing that okay oh, yeah, I can teach them out of, the, out of the Bible they may not accept it that way they want to understand it in their, their, their culture and their language Not watering it down by any means, but presenting, okay, God, how do I present that? I think of of Brother Pat uh, doing his translation of of the Bible into Icelandic. Yeah, he could go in there and, you know, cough up a, a program and, you know, here's the King James, here's Icelandic, it'll transfer it over. But he wanted to do it in such a way that they would understand that taking the King James and bringing it into Icelandic. Is not an easy task so that it's proper. Grammatically, he can do it, you know. Wharton Westcott did it grammatically, but they didn't have a soul for the gospel. Brother Pat does. He has a burden for those people up there. I think of each and every one of our missionaries that are out on the field teaching that their heart is for the people that are there. And here, we've been able to be part of that. Well, that's what the Apostle Paul was. He wanted to be part of their lives and to realize that it was important for him to be genuine, not to be, you know, staunch and, you know, not caring. And I'm sure the Apostle Paul was crying with these people. He was probably pleading. He wasn't the man standing up there, although some people describe him as not being a good... Uh, A person to look upon. You know, he was well. If I was beat as many times as he was, I'd probably be bent over and, you know, scarred up and more than I am. But to to such that you wouldn't be a pleasant person to look at. But yet, his compassion when he presented he presented God's word to them reached into the hearts because people got saved as a result of that. And that's that's the message that we have in in the the manner in which it was presented from the manner that it's gentle. As they say, you know, as 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 a nurse would take care of somebody. You know, the compassion. You know, I'm marveled at, at people that, uh, maybe the, a doctor they can't figure out a disease somebody has, but he works and he works and he works to determine what is this? And looks at the person and realizes, oh, this is probably what it is because of this person. Not, okay, the book says this, and that's what you got. No, he works with them. The Apostle Paul did the very same thing. He worked on their heart. Reached into them. He, he bared his soul to them that they would come to know Christ and then further the gospel on. And that's the challenge that we have, to further the gospel in the same way. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you again for the challenge of your word, to understand that Your word is gentle to us. You love us more than we could ever love you. Father, we thank you that you made sure that your word can go forth, that as it does, that it's a living word reaching into the soul of men and changing their hearts. Even the most vile person could be changed in a moment by accepting Christ as their Savior and can grow as a result. A complete change in their lives. Stories are told of men that were once angry murderers that were just horrible people to be around and somebody cared enough to share the gospel with them and their life was completely changed. And as a result, millions of others come to know through that type of a reaching of the souls. Father, I thank you for the truth that's in your word, how it reaches down to each and every one of us, where we are, not where we have to be brought to before we can accept it, but where we are currently. And Father, you bring us along as we're able to. And oftentimes, Father, we fail you, but yet you pick us up, dust us off, put your arm around us and tell us that it's okay and we can move forward because he forgets what those sins were when we confess them to us to him. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for loving kindness for each and every one of us and the challenge to walk on this earth to present the gospel as we need to. Because one day we won't be here for that gospel to go forward and they'll be lost that are going to go into an eternity without the gospel. And Father, it's our challenge to reach as much as we can before you call us home. And Father, we thank you for that and ask it all in Jesus' precious name.